Welcome to Boardroom Soldiers, the podcast that talks to owner-operated businesses about identifying and eliminating business crime so that the honest can take their hard-earned money home. Today we have a very special guest, uh, Leanne Briley, who uh, I've walked personally a a bit of a path with um, a couple of years ago. And seen as though it is uh, Mental Awareness Month, is that right? Am I mental saying? health. Mental health, yeah. Uh, Pierre and myself were just discussing a couple of weeks ago, you know, some of the cases that we deal with and some of the complexities within the workplace itself mm. um, and just how life at times can, no matter what profession you're in, can just get you down. Now, Leanne is the owner um, of a very, a very good uh, and helpful organization, uh, a company called Be The Change Consulting. Um, you are, by your definition, a recovery coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of you more as a, a lifestyle coach because that's kind of what you dealt with me on. I'll take that. And um, your work, and, and as I said, uh, your work certainly reaches out and touches people um, in many different ways. Um, you are not just conf- confined to one arena in the mental health sector. You, 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 you do work with, with other professionals, mm-hmm. etc. So we thought, you know, today would be, and, and this month would be an excellent idea for uh, our viewers, listeners, to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Um, God knows we, you just have to, turn on the news every morning or uh, read the newspaper if you just want to slumber back into that that depression that we sort of <laughs> bash through on a weekend mm-hmm. and then it all starts again on a Monday. So apart from the rugby at the moment, um, there seems to be very little else that we get any joy out of. Mm. Um, but Leanne, yeah, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Um, it's always good having you, or seeing you, I haven't seen you for a while, but it's, it's, oh. good, it's always good having Guests who who can share some really informative stuff with uh, with our people and and yeah uh, maybe by the end of this you can also tap into Pierre's psyche because I think <laughs> he may require having worked with me for the last seven years he may require a little bit of just a little mental, bit of help yeah a bit of breakdown I think a little bit is a bit of an understatement <laughs> recovering from Carl right <laughs> yeah it's its own recovery order that's um, all right let's jump straight into it. Right. Let, let me just first of all get an understanding here for everybody. We talk mental health. What is mental health? Well, that's a big question. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different elements to mental health, and a lot of people event, immediately want to jump to the kind of mental health disorders. Mm-hmm. I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I've got PTSD, I've got ADHD. mood disorder. Well, everybody's got a bit of that, I think, right? ADHD, ADD. But I think the idea of mental health and why we have something like Mental Health Awareness Month is it's about how well we are mentally. Not whether there's something right or wrong, just like how are we doing in terms of, like you say, what happens when we turn on the news, what happens when we read the newspapers, which I personally don't do mm-hmm. because of the impact it has on my mental health and how miserable it can make me feel on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I think the only thing I watch is series and at the moment rugby because yeah. of that like enormous uh, like pressure of how the world is doing by starting off the day watching the news or reading the newspaper. So I'm just like, you know, in order to protect my mental well-being or my mental health, there's certain things I don't do. 
I do have a history of more anxiety than anything else. And then it's when you start looking at the mental health disorders, it's how do I manage that effectively so that we can show up in our personal professional lives and just be well, Mm. you know, whatever that means, whether you're managing mental health through psychiatry or therapy or coaching or, you know, lifestyle and exercise, it's different for everyone. But it's like, how do you feel mentally when you wake up in the morning? Are you ready to take on the day? Yeah, or do you feel like, oh, my word. Well, this anchor has got me to Right, it feels like I'm walking around with a 100 kilo invisible blanket on my head that nobody else can see but I can feel. And I think there are a lot of people Uh, kind of struggling under the yoke of that. It is, and it's just interesting, going back to the rugby scenario, I was watching uh, a breakdown last night just over a a New Zealand-based program, Um, with an ex-All Black by the name of uh, John Kerwin, mm-hmm. who struggled himself for many years with, uh, with, with mental health issues in various aspects. Um, and it took him the best part of his rugby playing career mm-hmm. to realize uh, that it was basically self-inflicted pressure. Okay. And then when it was all came to an end, when the rugby thing came to an end, he was lost and drifted around not knowing sort of where your meaning in life is, mm. what's your purpose, where's these crowds and you know, and he was talking now about specifically this this World Cup, how the world at the moment is probably in the mess the biggest mess that it's ever been. Whether it's economically, whether mm. it's just socially. I mean there's wars everywhere, there's all the shit that goes on all over the place. And how something like a temporary salute well, a temporary sort of positive thing like the rugby that takes in France's situation mm. has taken the French public and giving them something else to stress about in a nice way. Totally. Um, And we look at it here, South Africans. We know, you know, if the Springboks are doing well, we're fretting on a Friday night, they scrape through on a Saturday, the bras are lit, the fires are going, everyone's happy. But then then if you're a real fan, it starts again Monday because you know the next thing is coming. But (laughs) it is, that's quite of a fun stress. Yeah, and we all experience stress, and stress is something we all need in our life. It's what gets us out of bed in the morning and gets us going. Yeah. There are too many people living under chronic stress. Explain so that. What is it's chronic? ongoing stress. It's not just uh, something stressful happens and then it's over. It's like the drip, drip, drip of constant stress in our lives. It's work, it's finances, it's family, it's economics. It's, it's, and it's also what you're allowed to be. I mean, I can watch people like, lose their am I not yeah, shit yeah, yeah. Um, over like Eskim. Fuck. But Did she just say shit? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry, well, you don't know. Fuck, like, fuck, I don't fuck, know. Fuck, okay, fuck. I don't now know if I'm on the shit. Tim Ferriss no, podcast. No, no, no. You can, you can now say shit. I've said there. Okay. So, and they are, you're, they're going crazy about Eskim and the potholes. You can make that your stress or you can learn what you control and what you don't control. So we've got yeah. an upcoming election and I was... Uh, a lot of people will bitch and moan about the government for various reasons. But when asked if they're going to vote, they say no. You know, so the only control yeah. we have over the government is whether we vote or not. Correct. 46% of South Africans voted in the last national elections. It's not very much. Only 12 million of the voting population, which is 46%, voted. I know that I can control going to the polls and putting my cross on a ballot, but I can't necessarily control the fact that Eskom switched off the lights tonight. So what can I control? What can I can't 
what can't I control? Mark Manson talks about it in the subtle art of not giving a fuck. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, in that, like, if you've if you've got five things a day, you can give a fuck about. Well, like, what are you going to use that energy for? You know, are you going to worry about Eskimo? Are you going to take it home and love your family with it? Because mm. we all have a finite kind of mental capacity. And what do I want to use that mental capacity for? So even when we're under stress, chronic stress, ongoing stress, it's important what we choose to pay attention to. And I think a lot of people have kind of lost their way and are paying attention to giving all that attention to the pothole that, or the potholes that they skirted on the way home. So when they get home, they don't have energy for their kids and their partners. They're so tapped out, right? And that's where I think mental health is, is taking a real hit. Did you see what was in the paper this morning? I'm like, no. Yeah, I know what's going on. I've got my eye on the bigger picture. Some would say it's like an ostrich, though. Well, uh, Not that that maybe is a bad it thing. maybe makes me a happier ostrich, and I'll oh, own okay. that sometimes I am a bit ostrich-like, but I know what's happening in the world. Yeah, and I know what's happening with our governments. I just choose not to get caught up in the minutia of every single situation. Because if you read the papers or you get caught in the, the kind of echo chamber of your socials, you know, four hours later, you've been looking at horrible imagery of what's happening in and around the world. And you're not feeling that great when no, you turn off the light and you go to sleep. No, that's the bizarre thing, I think, with us these days, especially well, everyone now is going to say younger guys. But Mm. But social media is one of those things that's just it's in your face all the time. And growing up, when I grew up, if you didn't watch the news at eight o'clock and then read the Sunday Times, you didn't really know much about what was going on. No. But you can't avoid it now, and that's that's I think an issue. And I think it's an issue. Uh, I'm concerned about the the really the younger, like my daughter, for example. Yeah, who's uh, a teenager. Who's now yeah fifteen. Now I'm concerned what she's sort of exposed to in terms of negativity mm -hmm. through social media, where does that put her at 40? Well, the problem is with that is kids, especially I think as we get older, we recognize that, you know, the, the socials aren't what's going on in real life. I joke with my guys who I work with all the time, my clients. I'm like, I know what happens behind your social media feeds. I've seen it. Mm. Like what you see on social media is not real. But I'm 50 and I have a fully formed prefrontal cortex and I'm not 15 being driven by emotion and like low dopamine levels because teenagers will never have lower dopamine naturally than when they're teenagers. It's mm. the lowest level of dopamine we experience in our lives. When you're a teenager. Yeah. And that's why teenagers are out for the, the big Craving hits. Craving it. Right. The, the big hits. That's the... You know, the sex, drugs, rock and roll, the risky behavior. We do it when we're teenagers because we're looking for dopamine hits. But we also don't have this, like, rational, reasonable brain. Yours is only about a year old. <laughs> uh, because they're only, that part of our brain's only fully developed around the age of 25. Mm. So I'm driven by emotions and what my friends think and what I see on social media and what the latest TikTok or Insta influencer is saying. But I don't get to see your real life. And that's so dangerous. That is dangerous. But then how, how do you then deal with everyday stress? Because fine if you say I choose not to read mm -hmm. the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Because that's going to take me from a happy and joyful blase mood and mm -hmm. I'm happy about life to I'm getting in my car, I'm still happy. 
There's no traffic. I'm still happy, but I have to fill up. And now my tank of gas cost me 200 bucks more than what it did yesterday. Absolutely. So how do you not allow that to like just knock you down? Well, it's all the things. So mental health is about all the things or having good at mental health is all the things you do to take care of yourself. So part of this... Part of the stress process, we have cortisol in our bodies. We've all heard about cortisol ordinarily, the stress hormone. But we need the stress hormone to get us out of bed. Mm. We need the stress hormone to kind of help us get our feet on the floor, go have our shower and our cup of coffee. Literally get started. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's like putting the key in the ignition and, and turning if you want to use like what's happening with cars and petrol. Uh, but then what happens is our cortisol is sitting at these very high levels all day. Though there's no pill, pill, pill to drop cortisol levels in our body. What we do know is that exercise is one of the single best ways to reduce cortisol. So, so, so cortisol, just for people who don't necessarily understand the, the, the technical terms, yep. would we call that the sad chemical? Not at all. Or it's, the anxiety it's chemical? Not at or, all. Or it's, it's really that kind of juice that we need in order to go. It's a hormone. Like an adrenaline flush? Yeah, yeah, kind of like it's part of, it's part of the adrenal system. So okay. it releases during the day. Your cortisol should peak around lunchtime, early okay. afternoon, and then it should start to drop off. So you can start to wind down for the day. So we could maybe live like farmers. Get up with the sunrise, go to sleep with the sunset. You know, we've peaked around lunchtime. Okay. We need it. We've just got too much of it. We're not letting it drop off because we jump in our cars and we drive to work and we swear at the potholes and we flick off the government and then we, you know, we bang heads with our colleagues and then we drive home in load shedding and we turn on the news and there are terrible things happening. We're not ta a lot of us are not taking time out to, I do remember that you were very um, specific about getting to the gym every day. Yeah. You still like that? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay, pretty much. <laughs> to take that hour off every day to exercise. Exercise is a brilliant way to reduce stress. It's just one of the really mm. good things we can do to protect our mental health. Uh, other things like people practicing mindfulness and med meditation, having strong community. Like, do you have a good group of friends that you can, like, offload with, connect mm. with? You know, spend some time with what well, we want to try not to do too much of is spend that time with our communities and our people bitching and moaning about all the things that are going mm. wrong in our so lives. Would, yeah, so naturally you just want to every now and again remove yourself from everything shit yep. and put yourself into that happy world. Yeah, and, it's, and it doesn't mean it's uh, like my world is not made up of ponies and bunnies. No. You know, my world is a re very real world I where I can say, get as depressed and miserable. It's not all happy ostriches. No, <laughs> no, not at all. My world is made up of people, a lot of people around substance use, mental health, addictive behaviors that are really kind of grappling with how do I live in this world so, without picking up. So, and that's, there's, there's an issue now for me. We're living in this high stress mm high-pressured world that we're in, whether you are 15 or whether you're 70, right. doesn't matter. Some things have just seemed to have got worse over the years for the world, mm -hmm. and we're there. You are a, a counsellor for recovering addicts mm. or people who, I don't know if they're always recovering or 
addicts, etc. Or addicts or people Whatever. with so, dependencies yeah. or... Do you agree then that, I mean, are people born mm-hmm. addicts or do people become addicted to a certain escape mechanism? Yeah. Um, in which case, uh, this current world that we live in, for example, and the stress, you're going to see an increase okay. of alcohol intake. You're going to see an increase of anxiety meds being distributed. You're going to see an, an increase in, in whatever, vaping and smoking, whatever. So uh, is that what we've got to look forward to then? Look, I think the, the, the one thing that I know about the work that I do is the neuroscientists, the psychiatrists, the researchers haven't found a gene for addiction. There's not an ah. addict gene. Some people's genes are more susceptible to stress. And what happens when you're more susceptible to stress? And somebody says, others have that. You go to your doctor, he says, you know, I'll put you on this medication. When we don't use substances or medications or alcohol in a healthy, balanced lifestyle, you leave yourself open for potential problems because only between 10 and 20% of people who use substances of any sort type regularly will experience any form of abuse or addiction. So 80%, 90% of the world is out there. Totally, they're going to be fine. They're going to have a couple of drinks. Maybe they're going to overdo it at the Christmas. Well, it's coming up now, right? The Christmas parties, the silly seasons. But they're getting on with their lives. You know, what we we need to be careful of is this idea that... uh, you know, if I use substances to cope with my life, I'm going to become an addict. It just doesn't happen. There are a small percentage of people who do develop dependence or abuse, so but are, not everybody. So are you saying that there is truth to the people that always say, ah, no, I don't really have an addictive personality? I, w- I went to a psychiatrist many years ago when I was, I was in treatment. Um, I went to rehab in 2003, and he said to me, there's no such thing as an addictive personality. And it's kind of lived with me since Did then. Did you agree with him, though? Well, there's no proof for or against. So, like, what is an addictive personality? Well, okay, fair. Right? Fair, like, but, what, and, but then uh, what is addictive? Well, there are a lot of things that are addictive. There's, uh, exercise can be addictive. Um, well, that's what, I'm, that's what addictive. I'm saying. So when someone says to you, um, there's no such thing as an addictive personality, mm. I, I suppose, okay. But my argument to that, if there's such, if argument's the right word, is I don't know if addictive's then the right word, but... Excessive personality? Maybe excessive. There's something I'll do excessively. Right. But that could be eating. Or a drastic personality. Yeah, or drastic, yeah, maybe whatever. A, I mean, and eating. I'll use an example that I... Uh, this is just mm. out there, but probably 80%, certainly of men... Are then sex addicts. Exactly. Okay, and because you don't know too many that, and I'm not talking about in functional relationships. Now they've been married for 50 years. I'm, talk, I'm just talking general. Okay, 17 years old to 35 is probably can be then said is a sex addict because he doesn't walk around saying no, no, no because fussy doesn't fuck. Okay, we yeah, know yeah. that. It's <laughs> my way of explaining. <laughs> but so he's a, I miss you. So, so therefore, one must say that he is, or her, to a degree, an addict. But I'm not saying that's an addict. What I'm trying to say is, when a psychiatrist says to you, or a psychologist says to you, there's no such thing as a, an addictive personality. I don't know because you, there may be something else that you really like yeah. to an extent that you do it a lot, and people say, like CrossFitters. Yeah. yeah. God, CrossFitters. I can't tell you. I'll insult 
the CrossFit I, I know, you're a lifter, you're not yeah, a CrossFit, no, CrossFit you go to, to the gym, not CrossFit. the box. And, and yeah, they yeah. have to go to the box. And God, if they miss the box, then they'll put out an exercise <laughs> plank at your bra. You just so lost 75% can do... of your corporate listeners. I just, yes, exactly. <laughs> and the same as golfers. No, no, I get Golfers it. are addicted. But the, the definition of addiction is more, I'm doing a, something that has a set of negative consequences oh, and so I continue positive. with the behavior despite the negative consequences. So but they, but so not with all addictions, there are negative consequences. No, that's what I'm saying. Then it's not, not an addiction. Then. You see what I'm saying? But, but like you saying the example with the golf. It's not an addiction if there are no negative consequences. Unless, unless you didn't pay the bills this week because you paid your golf Totally, bang on. So you didn't pay the your wife's or your kid's schooling. So then golfing every Wednesday then becomes a habit, not an addiction. So if when not, we talk about negative. addiction, we talk about continued use of a substance or engagement in a behavior despite ongoing negative consequences. So let's use gym. Yeah. I, go, I get up in the morning, say I'm a, a, a person in a relationship with two or three kids under the age of 10. And I get up at four o'clock in the morning and I go to the gym for two hours and I leave my partner at home to feed the kids, dress the kids, take all of the, the kids to school. I do the same thing in the afternoon. I, I'm not home at suicide hour, feeding time at the zoo, whatever you want to call it. And my partner is freaking out and stressing out and feels unsupported. And though I'm never, the, those are negative consequences. So it might not always be negative consequences for you, but it, it, it it negative be, circumstances that are yeah, caused by your actions. Relational we look at relational consequences, health consequences, financial consequences. If I'm paying my green fees and telling my partner that I can't afford to pay the school fees, then there's there's a or you lying about whatever how much it is you're playing golf or whatever. There's, mm. there's an or, or how much you paid for your rifle scope. Or would, well, that, yes. uh, I'm not oh. lying about that. <laughs> it's this. It's. Uh, it's if I'm doing something that is creating health and well-being and connection and I'm doing it excessively, then this idea that, oh, it's an addiction. If I'm looking to lose myself, to numb myself, to zone out, to not feel connected, to almost anesthetize myself through a substance or a habit, then I've got to be prepared to say, hey, what's the impact on my mental health? You know, am I showing up in my life in the way I need to be showing up? Not for bunnies and ponies and all that sort of thing, but just like, am I being honest and open and realistic with myself? A, a term you use. Yes. Um, it's scary that you remember. No, I remember a <laughs> few, but one, one of the terms I remember you, you always, is sort of the relationship you have yeah. with alcohol or right. the relationship you have with cigarettes, etc. If that relationship is... If you're really honest and you look at it and say, is it a good or a healthy relationship? Yeah, or is it toxic and dysfunctional? Yeah, yeah. I know you always, you, I mean, when I came to see you, you said, well, okay, you know, you're going through issues, etc. How much do you drink? I said, uh, listen, guaranteed Thursday nights, Friday nights, Saturday nights, stop on Sunday, don't drink Monday, Tuesday. And you say, right, if you can function like that, mm. you never said don't, don't drink. Uh-uh. Yeah, you never. And in fact, in all the sessions I attended, group sessions, etc., um, at the foundation clinic, mm-hmm. where yes, there are or there were people that have booked themselves in there because genuinely struggling from day to day mm-hmm. with some form of addiction. addiction you would the, the 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 message was never stop. You know, you, you, so you say you you know you want to stop weed. Now you want to stop weed. That's fine. Stop weed. But 
or you want to stop alcohol, stop alcohol. Make that decision. Mm-hmm. You never said to anyone that I and, and like with me, you never said, well, if you're happy, and it's it's you 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 are not in any way being negatively or living negatively by not drinking. Well, by drinking on a Thursday, or Friday, fine. But then you know it gets to the point where if you really break it down. It, it's incredibly hard to do yeah. and live without negative impact. Of course it is, because, you know, even a hangover after three or four or five drinks out with your mates is a negative consequence. Yes. But if you wake up and you feel shitty and then you don't go to work and you miss your first meeting of the day and you cancel your lunchtime appointment... Then it's a negative then relationship. Then it's a problem. Yeah. So, so you are saying if, if, if your environment, let's say work, causes you stress, mm-hmm. mentally fatigued... Mm-hmm. And maybe it's by you convincing yourself that it's okay. what it's doing, but you have your cigarette, yeah, and you say, "Listen, if I don't have a cigarette now, I'm going to have a mental breakdown." Okay. Are you saying that's good? Well, I'm not. Well, look, yeah. look, I'm not like I don't think tobacco is a good thing. I don't think nicotine is a good thing. I don't think the smoking is. Oh, a, apart from the the, the, yeah, the, the medical the medical consequences. But if you're having two or three cigarettes a day, or you're going out and you're hit, hitting your vape for two minutes, or you're going onto the veranda it's and you're doing ten anybody. minutes of mindfulness, I'm going to say go onto the veranda at work and practice mindfulness for ten minutes. Mm. If you can learn to do that, people go home and they have a whiskey or. A beer. Okay. That's great. If that's what you need at the end of the day to relax, you could also go to an hour and a quarter yoga if you have time for it. Right? But it's, this doesn't do yoga. Okay, this this doesn't do gym at the moment either. So I'm, you know, but it's like you if can't you do the dog pose or the table yeah, dog. No, don't, don't, no, don't facing dog for you. But if you get relief baby. and release from a couple of cigarettes a day, you don't feel as harmful to yourself or others. You go home, you drink a glass of wine, you have a couple of beers, and you're still showing up in your life. Then great. You know, I don't I think, think drugs are the enemy. <laughs> no. Like, you know, I don't think, like, oh, I mean, I haven't touched a drink for nearly 16 you years. Because you broke your high heels coming out of right, the New alcohol Year's Eve party, is woke my up in a slumber the next day in mud full dress. I know the whole story. Is. Right? You know, if, if I'm not the person who goes home and has a drink at the end of the day, I'm mm. the person who goes home and has two bottles of wine at the end of the day and then doesn't show up for work the next day, then it's an issue. I so you're saying you need to control your, sure. your escape mechanism. Yeah, and for some people, the escape is t- a double whiskey, and for some people, it's 18, round, 18 rounds, 18 <laughs> holes of golf. Yeah. You know, or maybe you go and you hit the box or the gym or whatever you do, yeah. and you're doing it in a healthy way. Um, there are a lot of people in endurance sports who are ex-addicts. Because they, so people well, are still yes, looking for big hits. You're still searching, exactly. You're right. still searching for that, that thing. And that isn't it better to be running marathons than to be smoking crack? Yeah, yeah, no, look, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, those are, that's obvious. You get healthier addictions. But here's what, another thing to do, and it has to do with business, uh, in the business world. Okay. Addiction, uh-huh. going to that word again, can also manifest itself into overworking. Absolutely. Because you are the CEO or you feel the pressure of having to get things done. And, you know, that's unhealthy as any other thing. If you've, your, your family doesn't see you, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you haven't been home for three days because you've just smashed out deadlines, et cetera, et cetera. You're sleeping and, on the couch at work. Yeah, and, we, and, and you know, that's there's true. a lot of youngsters who look at that and go, that, that's, I mean, that's a hard worker. 
Okay. That is somebody who's like, I aspire to be that person. Yet when you read Steve Jobs, you read these people, you go, hold on, these guys have no problem going off and taking a break or going, going out and smoking a, a joint with his wife yeah. or whatever, you know what I'm saying. But so even work, even the corporate environment has a line where things can become obsessive. Absolutely. And after, I've, I found with our clients, after the whole COVID thing where a lot of companies closed mm-hmm. and a lot of businesses shrunk and um, let people go, to a certain extent, there's a, there's a degree of clients, and these are mostly all executives, mm-hmm. who are now working themselves dead. Right. To overcompensate or to, to compensate for what <laughs> was lost out during that two-and-a-half, three-year phase, okay. and also to make sure that because the economy is so hard now, they don't, the business isn't closed. I get that. And, and it's a fear. And it's a problem. It's a massive problem. Mm-hmm. Like you want to talk about how we cope with burnout or stress. But it's also like what is causing the burnout and the stress. And there are a couple of things. As a CEO, you shouldn't be sending emails to your staff at 11 o'clock at night because what you're saying to your staff is you should also be working at 11 o'clock at night. If I'm sitting at home sending out emails and answering, you should also be doing this. So I'm modeling this like burnout culture to my people, right? Put a timer on your emails. Schedule them to go out first thing the next morning. You know, so leadership needs to also be very mindful of how am I showing up? Do because I'm working 16 hours a day, am I sending the message that you also need to be working 16 hours a day and sleeping on your couch and getting here before dawn? It's a difficult thing, though. Of course, it is because there is a degree, and I suppose it depends what work you're in or what line of, of, of business you're in, but. We all, as, as business owners, or if you're a higher level of management in a company, you want your staff, or you want to feel that you're getting your pound of flesh, so to speak. They're they, they committed, they're doing their thing, they're there. So you but don't want to... You, you're right, I hear what you're saying. Uh, you don't be sending them emails at 11 because you're creating that culture. But the other side to it is you, don't, you kind of feel, I don't want to leave here early on a Friday mm-hmm. as the boss because I'm creating that culture that, oh, we can all leave. At, Absolutely. At 10 on a Friday because he plays golf at that stage. We, we should go shopping or whatever. The case. Absolutely. But so I, it does. It is a weird. I know the, the mind is a weird thing. Very weird. The, the way it, we read a situation. I mean, you know, there's this new word. There's a buzzword out now called, it's probably not new, but uh, quiet quitting. Uh, have you heard about quiet quitting? Where basically you rock up to work, you sit at your desk, and you do your thing. And... It's waiting till five o'clock. And at five o'clock, pack your bag and off you go. And you yep. do this day in, day out, yep. 365 days a year, and you get a paycheck. Mm. And you've quit anything in terms of invested interest, etc. You just make sure you're a body mm-hmm. and you're there. So it's not healthy for the person or the business. No, it's not. But also, like... I understand the idea you want your pound of flesh, you want to make sure your people are working mm. and showing up, but let's work in the contracted work hours. If I'm contracted to work from 9 to 5, let's make a way for me to work hard and smart from 9 to 5 so that I don't have to be going home, kissing my partner, having some dinner, and then sitting down at my laptop again for another three or four hours at work. Mm. You know, how can, and that's about systemic and organizational wellness. You know, and unfortunately, in a lot of organizations, it doesn't exist. 
I mean, we, I don't know what your organisation is like. <laughs> <Okay>, well, <laughs> You're so, working so, 18 hours yeah, well, a day. Yeah, well, hold on. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that's why I said depends. I mean, when you're doing investigating... I get it. Uh, there there are no hours. There's no hours um, per se, because crime doesn't say we'll stop at four. Oh, of course, so. yeah, yeah. But, and if you look at, like, for example, what Pierre and his team do, a huge percentage of the stuff has to take place after hours. Okay. Because where do you find suspects you're looking for at home? Not in the day. Okay. So you can see how this rolls over. Into and what happens if you're out late at night and you're on a job and you need to go in late the next day because you're out till 4 o'clock in the morning? Is there wiggle room to yes. do that? Yeah. But yes. But that's, that's yeah. more well in an organization. The unwellness would be we've been on a job since 4 o'clock. Now I have to clock in at 9. No excuses, no reasons why I didn't have to do that. I'm expected to give 18 hours a day to yeah. my job. No, look. I, I, I'm. It it might be one of my addictions, but uh, I, I'm. I have no problem working. I get it. And I have no problem driving to Durban for an investigation that starts tomorrow morning, even though it means I give up my sleep. Okay. But yeah, but, but the, the the plus side is though, and I have to I have to give credit, but mm. maybe not credit. It, it's it's expected to a certain degree mm. from my side. But if if I'm working today from, from 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the mm. afternoon and I have to go suspect hunting in some Soweto environment and I'm only getting home at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock the mm -hmm. next morning, then I know Kyle is not expecting me at work at 8 o'clock. Okay, well, there you go. I know and he knows don't phone Pierre before 10 o'clock because okay. he's probably sleeping. But, but, there, yeah. sorry, yeah, but there in Pierre is what you said it. Because of the nature of it, I mean, yeah. not, this isn't a perfect world. So the nature of what you do, you go out suspect hunting. There are particular times where you, you're on the hunt and this just keeps going and going. You could go too Many late. times. Yeah. So it's not a case of you just been, well, it's gone past two. I've got, I'm, I'm finished now. But it's the no, but I, I don't, you, I don't you do that. You signed on for this. this. Is what you do as an investigator. Yes, yeah. and you you run with that. And I fully knew that and, from yeah. the from the beginning. But and that's but I still it's still balanced though because you get enough other side to that. Leave yes. or, Where, or yeah, downtime. Or like you'll say to me, I'm not coming in today because I'm going to sort out these reports. Yes, it's not going to bother me because right. I know a I know I can trust you. Yes, and mm -hmm. I know what you're doing. I also know that if you phone and said I'm actually just going to sleep. Yes, I'm going to say okay. You're going to be okay yeah. with that. So, but that's investigating. Yeah. I'm, I'm just talking about sort of I look at many of the clients that we deal with who's the admin or their, their, their like stock. banking, finance, yeah, you know, know, insurance. Mm. Like it's just an interesting thing, this, this concept of, especially now that people are working maybe more from home. And people work harder. The whole thing about COVID is people, a lot of people actually worked harder because there wasn't the 45-minute drive to work mm. and there wasn't the 45-minute drive home. So instead of driving to work and driving home, I spent that extra hour and a half at my computer working. Well, it, it's, yeah. I, I don't know, Leanne, maybe, maybe you can explain this phenomenon, but I, I know a lot of people said it as an excuse mm -hmm. to keep you know, having the perk of working from home. Yep. But a lot of the times when... I guess everybody just has a lot of work sometimes to do, deadlines to right. catch up on, reports to write. Often I will just phone Carl. Mm -hmm. It might be 7 o'clock in the morning or 8 o'clock, and I'll say to him, listen, I'm not coming in. I'm staying home, and I'm working on this report. Mm -hmm. I feel like I get more done, mm -hmm. maybe twice as much as mm -hmm. productive. Even though me being at home, I 
sit my laptop on the couch. I go make coffee, make mm-hmm. something to eat, two-minute noodles, whatever, quick lunch. And then I'm back at doing my work. But I feel like I get like double the work done than what I'm – exactly the same desk space. Uh-huh. and But at the office, I'm just not getting it done. But it's fine if you can self-manage. People are burning themselves out. Self-manage. It's fine if you can self-manage and take care of yourself. But people are burning themselves out. Nobody, we have 168 hours in the week if you add 7 times 24. You put, we have 168 hours in the week. That's all we have. Some people don't have 178. Some people have 152. Just that we all have the same amounts of time. And a lot of us are doing a trade time for money, time for mm. money, you time don't, for money. You, do, you, you personally. Yes. I'm a terrible example of a well person. No. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, mean, that's like, I love working with you now because, you see, you, it takes crazy to know crazy. Thank you. you. Know, in our world, it takes thieves to know thieves. They say. Okay. But, but no, hold on. What I was getting at was you, you have that, we all have this terrible cell phone. Mm-hmm. But you've got people's lives on the other side mm-hmm. of that phone. I mean, I'm not going to get a call. A person's not going to get a call saying, I'm about to swallow this bottle of pills. Okay. okay? Your partner, uh-huh. he knows what you do. Yes. He signed up for that. Mm-hmm. But do you have a point where you say, there's a point at night I turn this off? Or yes. do you, I can't turn it off because what happens if Jill phones me and... Okay. So, a very good, my phone rang at half past nine last night and I didn't answer it. It's half past nine at night. If you've used substances, if you're in trouble, I cannot be your only go-to person. I have very strong boundaries. When I'm, I work from... Hopefully you tell them. They know, but okay. my clients know. But if a client phones me at half past nine at night, I shouldn't be the only person mm. on their call list. I'm, I cannot solely take responsibility you, you for your mental health. Your, your mind to, so be I, gra- to be tough enough, tough so, love on that. And say, well, it's not tough love. It's me taking care of myself. Okay. It's not tough love towards you. It's self-love towards me. I cannot be on call 24-7, 365. I just can't. I am not... At, 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night when somebody phones me, they've potentially used substances and uh, you're in a line where I'm sure you've spoken to people under the influence. Mm. You might as well be speaking to a wall because nobody's listening mm. to you anyway. You know, People need to have their faculties about them to have a sane and sensible conversation. So I take care of myself after hours. I don't send out emails at To be the best you the next day. Yeah, so that I'm resourced and resilient and mentally well enough to go back into work the next day and say, okay, what needs to be taken care of today? What are we looking at today? How can I See, support but how, you how today? How do you get there? Uh, so I do things like meditate. Um, After hours? Yeah, or yeah, well, like, I like meditate. Like a 10-minute break. Yeah, no, work. I will meditate in the evenings at the end of my work day. I've gone back to meditation practice. I try and do that. I am in my own form of therapy and counseling, which I think we should all be in. Um, I, I read, I personally develop, I listen to a lot of podcasts on things like mental health and optimization. Even Tim Ferriss, who wrote The 4-Hour Workweek 20 years ago, mm. is saying maybe it was a bit before you know maybe we can't all be optimizing all the time maybe sometimes we have to put our feet up on the deck chair and say you know what for the next week i'm not available if i go and leave if i will uninstall whatsapp from my phone will you yep you are non-contactable 
If you want to phone me, you have to actually make the effort to pick up the phone and call me. Not just like shoot off a message okay, or send me a voice. Yeah. It takes an extra level of effort for someone to pick up the phone. WhatsApp is like easy access all day, every day. I am tapped into you and you are tapped into me and I expect you to get back to me immediately. I have no blue ticks on my WhatsApp. Thank I you. have no what last scene. I have Thank no you. online because if I read your message, if I read your message at ten o'clock at night, and I don't want to get into a conversation with you mm. now, I'll answer you in the morning, and that's a self-preservation tool. I block my social media at night. True story. I have an app blocker. When you started, I did you do that? Down though? my socials. These are all things I've started to do because for me, social media is. Yeah. Like this, it's total zone outs beneath an anesthesia, whatever, that I can just scroll through WhatsApp, uh, through Insta or whatever for hours, not think, not cognate, not, so I don't do it. I should rather be using that time to sleep or rest or whatever. Do something productive or well, whatever. Or even not, just do nothing. Like instead of scrolling yeah, 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 through WhatsApp, instead of scrolling till 11 o'clock at night, going to sleep at 10. I do a thing though that, some would say, is it, what do you do? Typically, let's say a Saturday afternoon. Mm -hmm. I actually do not, I don't read, I don't do anything. I sit uh -huh. and I just like blank out for, I'm do, I literally would be the, the, the description <laughs> of, and I'm not even talking, the TV's not even on. Zoned out. I'm like zoned out, I just sit there. And my daughter will say, what are you doing? And I was just nothing, I'm just sitting here. And three hours can pass doing that. Amazing. But non-sleep, deep it's rest. Just I couldn't be bothered to engage. My mind's never stopping anyway. It's like, yeah. it feels like it's always racing. You know that feeling. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I just sit. So yeah, like zoning out. So it's not always having to do something. Like so meditate. so do you? Is that your meditation? No. Well, I don't, I don't know what Maybe. it is. Maybe. It could be. It could be. But it's just I'll stare around at different things and it's like uh, just my head will jump all over the place and does time pass yeah it just passes you can get into a flow it's you, like you, flow states uh it's it's a it's a thing we call it nonsense i'm yeah i listen to a lot of podcasts so andrew huberman who's a stanford professor yeah, yeah. you know the huberman lab he'll talk about non-sleep deep rest yes sitting okay. there zoned out non-sleep yeah, deep rest. Like zones out you've walked into my office you've seen me okay office. so so for the, and you'll say what are you doing and i'll just be no, just, it's just okay, so for the lay person, it would be the equivalent of sitting at a bonfire and just staring at it. Yes, yes staring like, into the fire. Yeah, or at staring, the sea on the couch. Because I, I couldn't relate with just sitting on my couch. Okay, but he's <laughs> and staring at my ceiling. Yeah, I'm a, it's an age but, I, thing. but I, I can, I can you're sit a gamer. around. You're a gamer, so you, 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 I can't picture you're spending 11 hours going like this. You're a gamer. Yeah. That's your I used to be out. a big gamer, okay. yeah. So that's the only thing I'm thinking about right now is the game, is my position, is my strategy, is whatever. I am totally present, totally present with this. And the game developers and the app developers know mm. that. They have neuroscientists. I don't know if you've watched The Social Dilemma. Yes, I have. They have neuroscientists working on how do we get as much of this person's attention yes. as we possibly can. It's very interesting. Alcohol, drugs, gaming, porn, sex. I want to just circle back to the idea of sex addiction. Like, I like sex a lot and I have a high sex drive. It's not the same as I'm stopping. I drove past the corner here, the, 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 lolly the lollipop lounge. Apparently, you actually chose the spot well, I've got to say. Right, the tell, lollipop tell lounge, Gavin. I'm like, wow, <laughs> they actually, you know... 
if I have a sex addiction, I'm the guy driving past, stopping at the lollipop lounge, getting a hand job on my way to my business meeting. That's sex addiction. But you go there for the wings. Oh, uh, is that ribs. why yeah, you go? Yeah, the ribs and the chicken. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, the food's good. I'm stopping. I'm watching porn for 8, 10, 12 hours at a time. That's sex addiction. I like to have lots of sex. That's not sex addiction. I have a high sex drive. When it starts to become a, a yeah. thing. Oh, so, you know. So here's, uh, Again. <laughs> this will interest you. It's a part of Pierre's job. Okay. I <laughs> thought you were going to say uh, part of Pierre's n- problem. N- no, well, <laughs> it's, well, it's becoming it, a problem. It, because it can, you can, is, you can uh, look yeah, at I've it two start, ways. I've got to start worrying about his mental health because what he's seeing. Okay. We talk PTSD, but I'm talking okay. here. He's getting porn TSD because... Oof. Yeah, no, what happens is... Uh, <laughs> One of the functions we do during an investigation, mm-hmm. when required, is Pierre does uh, cell phone and, and um, computer forensics. Mm-hmm. So he will have to go in and assess, download, extract evidence on whatever frauds happened or whatever's gone on. Totally legitimate. Yes, All legitimate. I, know. I have a client Above who is board. also a forensic. So that's what he does a lot of. The problem with that is the mind cannot, or the eyes can't block Miss. out what's, what comes up. Right. And, and, and not, oh, just before you continue, sorry. No. It, it's not always that I'm looking for a picture of a gun mm. and all of a sudden there's a, a chick with her boobs out. Mm. It, sometimes the case relates to, is my wife having an affair? Right. I'm is, sure there's lots of that. It, 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 it can sometimes channel towards that. Yeah. Right. So I have to look for it. But it's just, yeah. But what the I'm saying prevalence. is the amount items that he files, items, video clips, etc., that he gets and sees, is astonishing. Mm. On the work computer, not on. Work phone, work computer, personal, (laughs) it's crazy. And that's why I'm saying it's like you start to become almost like, I mean, we have have to have these light-hearted joking sessions because otherwise he will be scarred. Because some of it is pretty scarred. We'll show you the frog. Uh, No, thanks. Anybody in your line of work, anybody who needs to debrief, I think one of the biggest problems with things like JMPD, the SAPS, is the lack of debriefing, the lack of counselling, the lack of support. These guys, these men and women are out on the streets, Mm. you as investigators, Mm. I have clients that work in private security, you know, all sorts Mm. of things. There's no debriefing. Well, for me, I've got a client who's an EMT. There's yeah, very little debriefing, you know, so people are traumatized. You know, I find these days in security, particularly your your armed response personnel, are hugely uncatered for mm. when it comes to that. Where there's actually responding to more houses of violent crime than police are, because there's more of them, and they're and, yeah, and, and they're responding and, and they're effective. Yeah. Okay. So they are responding to, they're seeing more violent. They get first on scene to a murder, mm. first on scene yep. to a beating, first on scene to a robbery. Very few of them go through any debrief process okay. or a counseling process. And that's and the responsibility of the organization. Absolutely it is. But it's, to many, it will be like, uh, it costs money, etc. Or, for whatever reason, the management may not see the necessity. Yeah, they ask the person, are you okay? You're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. fine. I'm fine. I mean, I personally... The way I pers- when I've been involved in, in shootings, etc., it's been a very different. My way is different to Pierre's way, for yeah, example. Yeah, of course. And yes, yeah, so I might say I'm fine, and I might generally th- I'm okay. He might say he's fine, but it's been sissy to say I'm not. Well, in my world, fine stands for fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. So, like, I don't <laughs> like it when yeah, people well, tell me they're fine. They're fine. Okay, so there uh, we go. 
and everybody does cope with it in different ways and have different tools and levels of resilience. But it's not, but this is like such an important point. You're not a sissy to put up your hand and say, like, that I was a help. lot for me to cope this with. This is why. Whether you're in corporate or you're in the security forces or you're in the military or you're a trauma surgeon or an EMT or whatever you are, like, I'm not okay. What I saw is terrible. I'm impacted and affected by it. Uh, you know, I have a young client who's an EMT and there are lots of DOAs. Mm, you know, they're mm. walking into scenes like, you know, it's uh, it's so important for us to create this culture where it's like, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Yes. Like, I'm under a lot of pressure. I, I saw something really terrible. Somebody said to me the other day, I've seen people shot and killed in front of me. And I'm fine. I was like, but that's not normal. Uh -huh. It's not even normal. To, I've lived in South Africa pretty much my whole life. I've never seen someone shot and killed in front of me. Even in a country with high Still, levels of violence, it is not a normal thing to witness. No, it's not normal. You know? And, and we're not fine after we've seen stuff like that. We're not fine after we've uh, been subjected to violence or GBV or a hijacking. Or We're not fine. But We might think we're fine. And we still need support. Do you also think that, that for some, I'm not saying for yeah. everybody, but for some working in armed response and they want to see those things because it gives them, well, it, a, that's the thing that makes them alive. Bing, 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 adrenaline. I have a client who worked frontline medical in COVID who is feeling the effects still after COVID. And their thing was, it was exciting to go to work. Mm. Because it's like being a war medic. Yes, you, you get know? to see body parts flying EMTs, out of cars. CSOs, whatever. people who are predisposed to to that to whatever lives. The soldiers. But it, over time, it's still, still going to have, have an, an effect. Impact. I mean, you, you know, know you it, might be better at dealing with it after it forty has, years. It still has. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And in different industries, that stress comes in different ways. So if you work for one of the big banks or the private finance houses, you're not seeing body parts flying out of cars. No, but you're, but seeing, you're being subjected to a different level of you're stress. You're seeing houses being repossessed right. and families... People's yeah. losing, people losing their belongings, people mm. losing jobs, all this sort of thing. Like, as a country, as a world, we are not fine. No. We are under enormous stress all the time. We are walking around overly charged, primed. That's why people lose their shit so quickly. Just go to like pick and pay on a Friday afternoon and watch people lose their shit mm. for the smallest little reasons. Mm. Get irritated with tellers and call center agents and shout and scream. That's not normal. That's people with unhealthy outlets for their stress and tension. They shout at each other in the workplace. People go home and cry at the end of the day because my boss was such an asshole to me. That's not normal. You know, there are a lot of people who are traumatized. Big T traumas, the ones that are obvious, and then the small T so traumas. I want to say, it's not always trauma, when we say PTSD, it's always, not always death. or No. no. It's, it can it, be a lot of other things. We talk about big T traumas are things like, you know, death, loss, abuse, violence. But then there's also the small T traumas, things we didn't get care, nurturing, attention, we didn't get especially as children, so we grow up with these things and then we look for ways to fill Or oh, your dad never told you he loves you or something right. like that. Or my dad always goes to watch my brother play rugby, but he never comes to watch yes, me and play it, rugby. And that's that, a small T that, trauma. That, and it's funny because I, I've, I've just from my life experiences have seen and know people who suffer more from small T trauma, if that's what you call it, yep. small T. Small T traumas. Than 
anything major. Right. It was just small things that they've held on to, mm-hmm. and they just cannot get, get this, over get over it. And it, it it ruins relationships. It ruins friendships. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think after get over it. I mean, it happened when you were like you know. But we carry but, those childhood patterns for a long time, and that's why I think everybody should be in coaching, counselling, therapy, or something. I do agree. Having been there, I do agree with you. Right. It's like you know what. Uh, so my my dad dies, he disinherits my brother and I for a woman I have never met and that is a trauma in my life. Now, as a recovering addict myself, I can A, go and drink, okay? Yeah. Or I can B, go and seek counsel, wisdom, support, you know, get myself back on track in a different way because I've created a set of resources for myself and I've in doing that I'm more resilient when it comes to difficult things. Even my father dying and doing that is not a trauma, though. You know, it is a shitty thing that happened in my life, but we've also got to be careful of every time something crappy happens to us going, oh, my God, I was so traumatized. Yes, oh, my yes, God, yes, I was yes, so traumatized. I fall back on this thing. You know, this idea that there's, mm. you know, if you went home and your husband beat the crap out of you or you saw someone shot in front of you or, you know, even, I mean... Things like retrenchment and job loss can be, like, difficult and challenging, but not everything bad that happens to us is a trauma, right? There's also this idea that we, we, we are traumatized as people, you know, but we've also got to be careful of kind of falling into the trauma trap of everything's a trauma, yeah, everything's yeah, a trauma. You know, thing. I went to the shop and somebody shouted at me, in yeah. the, and I'm so traumatized. Not you. No, you're not. You went to the shop and somebody crapped on you, yeah. or a driver flipped we, you, you know, off. We've or, had them at work. You know, you it's like your voice and it's, oh, it's not we've had, we still have. Yeah. That's not trauma. That's like I'm dealing with challenging and difficult situations in yeah. my life, and I need to resource myself in a way that I can cope or make some decisions to change some things. Not oh my god, work. Every, my boss shouts at me and I'm so traumatized. Well, if your boss screams and shouts and rants and raves at you every day over and over again, sure. But, you know, everybody loses yeah, <laughs> their shit every now and again. It doesn't mean I'm, like, traumatized. We've got to be very careful. I can see your notes, like that idea of PTSD. Mm. Real PTSD is sounds, flashbacks, imagery, you know, of things that have waking happened up, to you in your life. Waking yeah. up, feeling like you are back in the scene. I've mm. seen people with real PTSD. The new word for it is triggered. Triggered is I'm having an emotional response to an internal or external stimulus. That's all a trigger is. It's what's kept us alive, with great respect to your listeners and to yourselves, for however long we lived on the plains of Africa, Asia, South America, whatever. To be triggered is my body feels like it's under threat and I need to survive. Mm. But... My boss walking into my office and shouting me, I don't need to survive that. I just need to move you need through, to get it. through it. Yeah. Our brain is like, shit, threat, danger, you're going to die. But most of the time, unless you've got somebody pointing a gun at you and maybe that's happened in your line of work, you're not going to die because your boss shouted at you. Yes. Our brain perceives threat at a survival level, not, oh, it's just Carl in a bad mood. Mm. Huh. It's like threat, 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 alert, 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 alert. What do we need to do to survive? Ah, you know. So I, I have a question for yes. you. Yes. And this is this is a. This, a, by the way, is your last thing. question. So I've got to wrap this up. Okay, it's my last question, Stay but it's an important one. We could be here all day. And, and this is for all the the viewers out there. If if you are still 
watching or listening to this by now, congratulations. I, you are not <laughs> one of those people that say, fuck that, mental health is for sissies. And Thank God. I'm, 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 I'm referring to maybe a generation, the silent generation or the people, the, the, or the older people that say, Ugh, we don't talk about those things and we don't talk about this and that. And then you get the complete opposite of the, the girls or the whoever's that say, I'm triggered by everything. But now, how do you get someone mm -hmm. that, let's say, in your family, you know that this guy is seriously struggling. Mm -hmm. He needs help. But he's one of those that say, I'm fine. I don't need help. It, he's the trauma, denier. He's, he's the denier. How do you get someone like that the to where okay. we are now? So, can I be quite honest? It's really good that big, tall, mm. rough-and-tumble security guys such as yourself, tattooed and, and like, bearded and all that thing seriously are having these conversations because the the modeling of that is you 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 are not a sissy if mm. you're not okay you know it's this idea that we're all soft and pink and fluffy and like oh let's sit and talk about our feelings mm. you know uh, boys don't cry and man up and all that sort of thing. And there's a very strong narrative of that in our country. I've got a client who says to me the other day, a man's only allowed to cry when he loses his mother or a liter of blood. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, as Porter said, cowboys only cry in front of the cowboys don't cry in front of their horses. Yeah. You know, this narrative. So guys like you being out there saying, hey, like it's okay to not be okay. You're having mm. a bad day. You know, like... Let's sort you out. Let's get you some debriefing. Let's get you some counseling, you know, with the clients that you work with that have actually been some of them in traumatic situations, you know, saying to them, you know, there is help available. And I think it's the narrative of there is help available is better than are you okay? Mm. Because that, yeah. when you That's ask good. people, are you okay? Everybody's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, I don't know how you're feeling, but if you need anything, mm. Here's a number. Here's a business card. Here's someone you can get in touch with just to talk, mm. you know, just to debrief, just to go through whatever you're going through. And, you know, in the corporate space, there are all these EAP programs. There's ICAS. There's, you know, there's Alexander Forbes that all run these lovely wellness mm. programs. Mm. People don't use them. They don't trust them. Go use your EAP program. It's confidential. ICAS, who's the biggest one in South Africa. All the banks belong to ICAS. You probably please know that. Well, no, please. What is ICAS? ICAS is like an employee assistance program that a lot of the big banks and, you okay. know, corporate organizations, you can see a counselor, you can speak to a coach, you can go to, on the company's dime. It's a wellness Yeah, it's program. a wellness provider. That's People awesome. don't use mm. it because they're scared that they're going to feed back to the well, bosses, yeah, but be, they don't. Mm. You're going to, yeah, there's going to be a stigma attached no, to this but they, thing, because so. it is a completely confidential thing. If you contact ICAS and say, I'm struggling at work, I'm under stress, I need to speak to someone, they was, they're not going to send a summary to your boss to say, mm. this you is know, what's going Carl on the came to see us and this is what happened. It's not like that. That, so And you pay for it. You pay a little bit out of your salary. The company pays a little bit. And everybody, I know that most of the big banks, for example, Transnet, people like that, are all members. They've got 60% of the, I think it's 60% of the wellness in the country. But people don't use it. What if, what if they think I'm weak? What if they think, what if they find out? What, what if your boss just finds out you're human? Then what the fuck? What? Would you say, or maybe you do this, so may, uh, let me rephrase that. What is your opinion 
on a company, and I'll say like, let's say Alcom, let's say DK, right. right? Right. Has a, and now I've got to be careful of the word, a therapist, a counselor, somebody, a talker to person, mm-hmm. who comes in once a month mm-hmm. for 15 minute chit chat session with 10 different staff members on their own. Why not? Does that happen? I don't know of anywhere personally off the top of my head that's doing that. I know there are some companies that run wellness days. I just, everyone's like, oh, we're not well, but let's just put our head down and grind through it. That family member who's not doing so well, Mm. the only thing I know is like, hey, I'm here to support you. If you need anything, give me a shout. You know, life Mm. is tough. A lot of people are in denial. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Head down, let's keep going. But that same guy's going home and drinking a bottle of brandy before he goes to bed at night or disappearing, you know, to the gym for four hours or whatever because he actually or she actually isn't okay. Mm. We can't make people do anything. All I know from my work is that I can say, hey, I'm here if you need me. Like, give me a shot. Mm. Here's my number. Call if you need some The first help. step is to admit you have a problem. Right. Anything like that. I don't have a problem. Do you have a problem? No. Right. <laughs> uh, and to be like, hey, these are the resources we have available. We trust these resources. We trust, it. we yeah. use these resources. And that goes back to what I said earlier about the CEO sends out emails at 11 o'clock at night. I make use of these services. You know, I've got someone I talk to. Let's model that with one another. Um, and there are a lot of people out there in the world who are putting up their hands, which also makes a difference, and saying, hey, you know, I have a therapist, I have a mental health issue, I'm working with bipolar or anxiety, depression or whatever it is, and I'm putting up my hand before I turn into another one of the, you know, the statistics around mental health suicide. Mm. SADAG, I don't know if you know SADAG, yeah. the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, they run a phenomenal service. You can pick up the phone, you can find them, they will link you to resources, counselors, therapists, hospitals, programs, social workers, whatever, whatever you need. need. Like it's a it's a sponsored service, so you don't pay. They pay. I don't sure. know how it works. I think they have counselors 24-7-365. Lifeline is another one. They might not be able to help you there and then, but they'll be able to help you link mm, to two. the resources that mm. you need, you know, help contain you, help, you know, talk you through a difficult situation. But if we're going to be okay, we've got to learn to put up our hands and say, I am not okay. Mm. And I've learned how to do that. I am not okay. I am tired. I am overwhelmed. I am burned out. I need a little support. Mm. And, uh, you know, it feels a little weird and vulnerable and like, what a people? But I don't know. I don't like, there's a nice saying out there that your opinion of me is none of my business. So I don't really care what you think if I know I'm doing the next right thing for myself. I give lots of time and energy to my clients, but when I go home at night, I need to give time and energy to me. It's funny you should ask because I have a group, a WhatsApp group where I communicate with my group, and I sent them a message this morning to say, hey, guys, I'm available during office hours reach out, talk to me. Please remember I don't answer my phone after hours out of respect for myself and my partner. Because Mm. otherwise I'll be on the phone all night, every night, chatting to people, talking them off, whatever. And I cannot, and I say this to my people all the time, I cannot be your only port of call. Mm. Have other people. 
you know. And it doesn't have to be a counselor or therapist. Or it can be a, a pastor or an imam or a rabbi or a lay counselor in your community uh, congregation or, you know, a mentor or a, a friend. It, it doesn't have to be someone. It's just got to be someone who can listen and say, wow, sounds like you're going through some real stuff at the moment. Mm. Not, I think you should do this. Mm. And this is a big thing with that family member again. I think you should do this and I think you should do. It's like, tell me what you need from me. Like, what can I do to support you? Because there's going to be lots of wailing and gnashing of teeth if the Springboks lose mm. on Saturday night, you know, <laughs> right? And then the country will be in a slump again and we'll be back to like <laughs> yeah. mediocre mental health. Uh, it's like, what do you need from me? Oh, I need support. Okay, tell me what support looks like to you. What is it exactly that I can do to help you right now? You know, I just need you to go for a cup of coffee with me and sit and listen to me for 45 minutes. Great. Mm. Let's set it up. You know, can we go and play a round of golf together? Yeah, I've got some stuff going on in my marriage. Awesome. Like, tell me when. I like that idea of just, you know, what do you need from What me? do you need? Do you, instead of, I'm telling you, now that you've told me you've got to put my eye, this is what you should do. It's People don't like to be, we, most of us are like autonomous adults. We like our autonomy. We don't like being told what to do. Mm. You've seen it with your clients. Mm. The minute you start telling your clients what to do, they're like, fuck you, I'm the and, boss and, and me. You know, it's just a very simple thing. I mean, when you do sales 101, one of the first things you're taught is, you know, stop selling to the client and just ask him what he wants. Right. Because he's, he's selling himself what he wants he's exactly buying, which what is the same thing i mean mm. if we're going to sit and talk if i'm going to say to you all right Pierre, you've got the problem what can i do to help you say to you well you know it would be nice if i had a computer that worked mm. yeah then i'll say okay, oh, okay cool we can right, sort that uh, out no i think you should stick with the abacus and um do your maths on paper and yeah and get some smoke signals going my friends <laughs> but what i'd normally say do you smoke more cigarettes get over it but oh. uh, <laughs> but no okay so Leanne, just think in closing, I know you've got to get back to helping the world. and Helping uh, those people helping that come to sit in that, that circle yeah, around the fireplace around the, every day. Which I'm a big fan of, actually. I must come back and just You should come there. and say, how's it? I'm a, it's always so difficult, though, because you don't want to rock up there and because I'm the type of guy who rock up there and say, when we're done yet, does anyone want to go for a drink? And right. <laughs> wrong as place. Long, as long as it's a Coca-Cola, my friend. <laughs> but, but no, I'm a big fan of the that open-talking environment and where the person who sits in the corner silently for three weeks suddenly says something Pops, yeah. and it, it's a yeah there's a lot to be said for it and i'm a huge fan in what you do and Thank for you. people that do what you do i do think that we we don't have enough of it i think we should have these spaces in organizations like once a week once every t i mean once a month once a week. let's circle up and yeah. just talk about what's going on for us yeah. not about work not about like you know, but people are scared to do it because what happens if my boss thinks I'm a loser and what happens no, if my CEO no. thinks I'm weak and, you no, know. I think it's, 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 it, 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 we do need more of it. And that's, yeah. so today's episode was to just discuss this because I don't think it's discussed enough. And that, what I love about the podcasting forum is there is more discussion going on about it. There's some great podcasters mm. out there, yourselves included, of course, that are talking about stuff like this and bringing it you know, into the public eye and saying, hey, it's okay to not be okay. Put up your hand before you burn out, before you do something ridiculous, yeah. you know, before you put the gun in your mouth, like with great, you know, or take, like 
there is help available and it's non-judgmental and it's supportive and nobody's, you know, just because we have mental health disorders, it's a long time since we use things like insane and crazy and, mm. you know, we talk about psychiatric facilities and mental health practitioners and professionals, you know, it's not a loon or somebody said to me the other day, the insane asylum. I'm like, are you serious? Like, we're not living in the 70s and 80s anymore, right? I think Hrundaki still exists. So, you know, like, there's some very good, very professional help. And if you and a lot of people in corporate have this real privilege, you have more benefits on your medical aid for it than you think you do, you know? So there's also that, you know, that, oh, yeah, but I'm only on a hospital plan. It's like, that's okay. Speak to your broker or speak to someone. There are ways to work around. Yeah, you can flip your psychiatric inpatient into psychiatric outpatient and it's a PMB. Okay. You know, prescribement. So there are ways to get help. A lot of people are like, yeah, but I don't have any. There are free programs. There are mental health, SADAG. They have all sorts of group support processes, you know, Reach out or even be the person in your organization who says, hey, you know, why don't we get together and talk about wellness and well-being and like how we can just be like weller. Mm. I know weller is not a word, just saying, well, you know. Make it a word. But it's, let's, yeah, but let's, uh, let, but it's lovely to see guys like you driving conversations like this because it's really, really important. Your friends are like, yo, I heard you talking about mental health, brew, like, mm. uh, <laughs> you know, fuck, what's that about, eh? We, it's like, yeah, it's a real thing. Friends, I mean, yeah, but you work too freaking hard, <laughs> and that's your problem. That you all work and no play, and uh, you know, and it's it's important to find some sort of flow, not balance. I don't think anyone has balance, yeah, but you I know, mean, some balance, sort of. Yeah, you know, when last did you do something fun that wasn't work? The weekend I went okay. shooting. Okay, yeah, great, brilliant. Yeah. I hope you, uh, I hope you had fun. It was so much fun. There you go. Good release. Healthy. You know, some people are saying it's... It's not going. healthy for the bank account, though. Okay. Yeah, you know? but uh, better than my bank account. It's got to pay for cars that get damaged because uh, my healthy fund is drink and drive. Listen, you're the last one that had an accident, so exactly. don't, don't right, talk too exactly. much. Right, exactly. So healthy fun. Healthy yeah. fun is important. You whatever can only that publish like. this podcast after my insurance claim is paid out. <laughs> All right, because if the insurance broker hears <laughs> that, he'll be oh, like, ah, oh, or just like cut that out completely. Um, so... All right. Leanne, there are people out there who there really are. are going to want to talk to someone like yourself, yourself. Where do they How do they contact you? Uh, so they can find me on bethechangecoaching.co.za. Uh, all my details are on there, my cell phone, my email. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Insta, I'm on LinkedIn, as much as I love socials. <laughs> You're on all of them. I'm those. on all of them. Uh, and yeah, just to, you know, people, just to reach out, you know, my WhatsApp, you know, I might not answer people immediately, but if people reach out to me, I always get in touch. Yes, it do. takes a lot of courage to put up your hand and say, I'm not okay, and I really respect that. You know, so if somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, I mean, I got a phone call from George today. Hey, I've got this problem with my husband. I'll never see the woman I was again. George is the place. Yeah, George the place. The no, from not George. from George, that George. Okay. Like from George yeah. the place. Just George. to say, hey, I'm having these problems <laughs> with my husband. Somebody gave me your number. Please, can you give me some advice? I'm like, you know, I was cool. getting ready for the day. I'm like, sure. We had a 20-minute conversation, you know. 
That's it. It's yep. just like hopefully that conversation leads to somebody being pointed in the right direction. Uh, you know, so yeah, I'll be the changecoaching.co.za. And, uh, you know, other than that, you know. Just or they can contact. They can contact you guys. Our, our I'm, website, happy, I'm happy for free. people to give up my telephone number. I only have one number. I don't, you know? I, I'm, I'm happy to give it out. I just don't want to be that person who gets you hassled off the... No, that's fine. You know, if, and, and that's you the give thing. She has boundaries. Yeah. So I do, you know. So it's all right. Maybe you Oaks don't have, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, we don't know what that is. Right, one of those things called boundaries. Um, it's, yeah, I'm available. There are lots Thank of good you. resources out there. A lot of people just don't know that they exist. Well, yeah, and if you're in a corporate... And if you're in a corporate and you're struggling, speak to HR or OD and say to them, hey, you know, do we have an EAP? Do we belong to a wellness program? Is, you know, there's some stuff going on. Again, HR should maintain that confidentiality. That's what they're there for. Um, Excellent. And I don't just work with people who have substance use disorders. I work with people who just are looking to manage life better. And we all need a little bit of that, right? You it's, know, it's, I'm off to my trauma counselor tomorrow just for a top up. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome. Putting right? just but a yeah, top no, up. but that's it. I mean, yeah. life does need managing. You know, all of our lives need managing, yeah. and sometimes it needs someone else to help us. Right, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's like I say, we just got to keep on having the conversations, and then hopefully, the you know things start to slowly but surely, yeah. you know, start to change, uh, especially. Well, I mean, you guys see some of the dark side of life, you mm. know, especially when the dark side mm. of life exists. So but then again, you know, we also see the, the bright side they're after right. sometimes. Yeah, and so all that porn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all, that, right. all that, well, that porn that he sees. <laughs> I, see, I, look at, I look at different porn. <laughs> Listen, I don't know, somebody inadvertently shared their photo folder with me the other day to okay. my work uh, accounts, yeah. and it's like if you're going to share, if you're going to take personal photographs and keep them on your drives... <laughs> Know what you're doing. That's all I've got to say, right? Know what you're doing. Know how shared (laughs) folders work. But, you know, that's a story for another day. We'll have have that uh, that podcast one day. Okay. Leanne, again, thank you. Pleasure. Great pleasure. It's been brilliant. Pierre? This is for you. Oh, wow. Just a little... As uh, long as it's not a bottle of... Is well, it a no, bottle of whiskey? No, hold on. That's the thing. As soon as said to me, are we looking for the bottle store? So I said, no, this is, no. Uh, this is one of those gifts oh. that we have to keep it uh, oh, non-alcohol, non-drug related. Can I open so, it? Yeah, please do. Just so, a little something from us to say thank you. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Thank you so, so much. Because yeah. I was like, is that a bottle of whiskey? Because it looks like a whiskey box. <laughs> no, and they're, not, uh, and they're not with the, uh, the um, alcohol chocolates either. So thank you. That's really kind of you. I would have done it just because I love to talk about this work. But yeah. I really appreciate it. I know this. you do. And um, you've been brilliant at talking about it thank and sharing you. it. Thank you. I think I, even um, our studio man over there is... Uh, Taken on board a whole lot of stuff. He's going to go to his mates. And, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, like, it's okay to not be okay. Like, we get ourselves into situations or situations happen in our lives. Like, you know, it happens. let's just get, like, let's get well and, and get on with it. But thank you for having you're me. You're a star. Thank Will you. Will you let me know when, you're, um, when you've released the, we the, shall. the episode? Yep. Pure let you do it. That's, that's what they do. Yeah. Fantastic. And, uh, then yeah, we'll make sure really you get a, get a copy and whatever else. Super. 
Cool. And Thanks, then, guys. Um, for the rest of the listeners and for the viewers, um, if you want us, if you want to go check out our platforms, we are the Boardroom Soldiers. I love that. And uh, our website, DNK, is www.investigators.zero.zero. Pop us an email, stop by, let's have a chat. Until the next one. Until the next one. Becca. Thanks, folks. Cheers. Take care. Ciao. Be well. Another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.